Honey Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. Tonight, I am here with Gail Petrillo, MBA, has coached individuals and consulted with large and small companies for more than 25 years. She has held leadership positions in four profit and nonprofit organizations. Gail's expertise includes operations, human resources, finance, strategic planning, customer relations, and business development. Additionally, she has worked in healthcare, financial services, television, and retail, selling men's and women's designer clothing and accessories. Gail, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I'm Gail, so what's excited. What's that done? <laughs> I mean, what haven't you done? I think it's great. I want to know what, what inspired you to go in this direction? Well, so what inspired me was I grew up in the healthcare industry, mm-hmm. mostly with um, in the human resources arena. And I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly as far as resumes, presentation (laughs) skills, all kinds of first impressions, right? Yeah. What people say, how they say it, what they wear, what they don't wear, um, and all the rest. And so when I decided to quote, retire from healthcare, Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to create my own business. And I decided I really wanted to help people because there were people that helped me tremendously through mentoring and support all through my career. And so it's my turn to give back. And I want particularly women, but men as well, to be able to have the self-confidence to land their ideal job, whether it's a first job, a middle job, or a transition in in their career. Nice. You know, um, I, when I saw first impressions, right, when I saw it, I, the first thing that came to mind was, it's true, but your first impression, usually it's appearance, but I used to think of it as what you say, you know, what you say to a person is how they get an impression of you. If you give off a bad impression the first time, that's how they'll, they'll see you, but right deeper into your coming from head to toe inside out. Yes, it's all of that. Absolutely. And I mean, what would be like, a, what, let me ask you a question. What are the don'ts? What have you seen mostly that people do or wear to an interview? Like we, like we may say, okay, I have an interview. Let me get that, my slacks and my blazer out with my white shirt. This is a woman speaking, you know what I mean? Or a yeah. nice white crisp shirt. I mean, blouse that with some nice teal colored slacks what are those no-nos is there a certain color like should you wear blue because blue means honesty yeah great question so um it depends on your skin tone in part because different colors look better on certain skin tones mm-hmm. um It also depends on what kind of a job you're going to and what company you're interviewing with, right? So Mm -hmm. lawyers, accountants, they tend to be more tailored 
more um a little more rigid maybe mm -hmm. than if you're going to work as a social media person at a company or if you're going to be more in a creative field right mm -hmm. so no-nos regardless of what job you're going for do not wear anything with denim no jeans no denim skirts or dresses no white denim no blue denim no black denim no denim wow no sneakers <laughs> please no sneakers i don't care what kind of sneakers whether they're kids sneakers or regular nike running shoes or you know 300 michael jordan whatever's <laughs> no sneakers no nothing with holes nothing mm. that's going to be too revealing mm. in color or in depth of your neckline um sleeveless is generally a no-no wear something with cap sleeves or long sleeves um don't roll your long sleeves up leave them long or wear something shorter sleeved hmm pumps are great right which ones polo um pumps Pump. on okay. your shoes right on your bottom shoes pumps yeah. are great super high heels may turn some people off mm -hmm. open-toed shoes can be fine it depends again on the job you're going for if you're going in a clinical setting you don't want to have open-toed shoes on mm -hmm. um again it depends on how conservative or not the organization that you're interviewing with or the industry in and of itself hmm you know what you know you said i was funny right i am funny the things that i say but when you just mentioned complexion i thought my complexion is chestnut brown yeah so what would i wear well that's a good question so i would put it back to you if we're talking about an interview what's your favorite color oh okay i would say black that's a common favorite color but lately i've been leaning towards teal oh i, I love it that's perfect really absolutely because you know it and it's fine if you wear either a black top and then a excuse me mm -hmm. um a blue jacket over that or if mm -hmm. you flip it and mm -hmm. wear the black jacket over the teal top those two colors go beautifully together and it's not as rigid a statement as all black right or even black and white right my habit have been black and white it, right it, that's the habit and that's why you interest me so much because it's to have someone you know what you're talking about you know what i mean i don't have to guess you know it's just wonderful um what did you do in television oh so i was actually the office administrator at a tv station oh. however when i was there there was a dual union strike mm -hmm. um nabit and the other one i can't remember what it is but both the on air people and the behind the scenes engineers went on strike at the same time Mm -hmm. So all of us in administration and management 
put on hats of the anchors and the engineers and we plugged ourselves in wherever we needed to be for about 10 days we never left the studio wow because we wouldn't cross their picket lines so we ate and slept there and we did everything we needed to do we were on air we were behind the scenes we were playing commercials we were <laughs> doing everything talk about dedication uh, yeah yeah it was a great group of people great respect all the way around so when you talk about your different services and your packages you have individual services meaning i can come to your company and say you know what um i want to learn how to wear the appropriate um items i want to learn how to speak say the right words when i interview for this position at Coles. i'm just saying as yeah so that's where you would come in right sure absolutely so the first thing i try to do is i'll look at whatever resume you have hopefully mm -hmm. you have something if not we create it right wow. so for instance i work with high school juniors and seniors interviewing for colleges and many times they don't have a resume and so what colleges are looking for is what have you done be besides academics what are your mm -hmm. hobbies what jobs have you had what makes you more well-rounded than someone else that we might admit to our school if it's a job right then we're going to create a resume to make you stand out among the competition because for every position available there are roughly a hundred people looking for that job wow and so your resume is really and cover letter are really the first impression that you're going to make on a prospective employer and if it looks certain ways it's going to go in the no thank you pile and that means things like is there a border under your name does it read well are there typos what sets it apart are there statistics listed there as your accomplishments so i know you just weren't a marketing manager but you brought you know you increased sales twofold over the last five years those kinds of things that set you apart wow you would never wow that's interesting yeah. and you yeah. do yes um i see that you have the do's and don'ts the etiquette do's and don'ts and so far i have a lot of do's <laughs> well good that's good right that's better than having a lot of don'ts I, well, listen, does someone really, you have don't chew gum. Now, I really would think that a person would go on an interview and chew gum. You would not believe what I have seen. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, people are nervous. And so if you chew gum, it, it puts Relax. saliva in your mouth, right? Because mm -hmm. you tend to get dry mouth when you're going to go for an interview. So mm -hmm. chewing gum gives you saliva. It also relaxes you, right? Mm -hmm. And so people don't think about it. But the problem is most people that chew gum snap it. They <laughs> chew with their mouth somewhat open. Mm -hmm. It's just not a pretty sight. And if you're going for a job where you're going to be talking to people, do you really think the person on the other side are going to want to listen to you as you're chewing that's no, pretty annoying, right 
to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So that's a big no-no. Now, here's the other thing that I see that's very interesting. Did not know that. I, I just want to know, can this be done with any job? Negotiation techniques. Absolutely. I would say to myself, right? Well, I would just ask what, I don't know. Tell me, does this work, right? So is it okay to say um, when you negotiate, um, I would like to know what the maximum salary is for my position? Nope. That's wrong. Nope. Because Because that sets you up for potential failure because they're thinking even with your experience, Right. You're going to want the top of the salary. And most companies will not hire someone in at the top because right. where are you going to go from there? There's no more raises. There's no more. Ce- you've hit the ceiling. So the best way to ask that is, would you share your salary range? So now, you know, it goes from $12 an hour to $32 an hour. Right. And when they offer you $23 an hour, in most circumstances they have a little bit of leeway so you can say with my background and experience and with what I'll bring to company X would you consider 25 an hour now that's a lot of money $2 difference if I did my math right Mm -hmm. that's a lot of money that's $4,000 $2 an hour is $4,000 plus a year Right. So likely they're going to come back and say, no, but I'll meet you halfway. Ah, that's right. Or they may they may say, okay. If you're lucky, they're going to say, okay. And it <laughs> depends on the first impression that you've made on them. Yes. Well, I, let's talk about your book. Oh, all right. I'm happy to talk about my book. Yay. Let's talk about it. All right. Let's talk about it. What would you like to know? Tell me your title, your, what inspired you to write your book? Because Gail, you've done everything. So (laughs) I I have to ask you, so where'd you get this inspiration? (laughs) Yeah. So a book was never in the realm of even a thought process. Okay. So a little background. So I was burned as a toddler at two and a half. Okay. Long story short, my mom took me to an adult tea party and I was trying to climb up onto the table. And in doing so, I knocked over a fresh pot of coffee off the table and all over me. 40% of my body was burned. Um, Third degree burns. I was in the hospital for quite a while. My parents didn't know if I would live or die. Fast forward, we went on with life. My mom, my dad, me, and my sister when she was born. I never told anybody. I was living with shame, body image issues, lack of self-confidence, feeling alone, all those things as I grew up. Fast forward to two and a half, not even two and a half, about a year and a half or two years ago, when I launched my business, I did so with a fashion show fundraising event. And both years it benefited a local Uh not-for-profit. Year year two, I was behind stage talking with the founder. 
and her organization is international. So whenever I met with Jean and I'd say, hey, where have you been? And she always came back with Australia, Japan, China, mm. London, Chicago, wherever. And this time her retort was, I haven't traveled much. I just spent three days with burn survivors in Maricopa up in Phoenix. And I was about to say something and the MC called me to the podium. So I left her and I had script in hand and I stood at the podium. There were 200 people roughly in my audience. Mm -hmm. I knew about 185 of them. And the only person who knew my story was my husband. So I get up to the podium and tears start trickling down my face and mm -hmm. I'm apologizing and wiping them away. And I said, so Jean just told me she spent a few days with burn survivors. I wish my family and I had had that kind of support when I was burned as a toddler. Mm -hmm. Dead silence. You could hear a pin drop. Wow. I, let a, I let a second go by and I just went on with the program like nothing had happened. Afterwards, several people came up to me. They had known me for, you know, 16, 20 years. You never told me what's going on with you. What, what, what? And I said, no, nothing. Well, there was a gal in the audience who I knew by reputation, but had never met. And Kathy came up to me and said, girl, you have a story you need to share. And I said, no, no story here. And she said, let's go to coffee and I'll tell you my story. I was like, okay, fine. So over the next three months, we went to many coffees and had many glasses of wine. And she got my story out of me. And in December, she said, you need to write a book. And I said, no, not in the cards. Mm -hmm. So in January, my sister and I both flew to Florida where my mom was living at the time. And over dinner and some wine, I sound like an alcoholic, I'm not. <laughs> no, it's um, over dinner and wine, I said to my mom and sister, so I've been asked to tell my story. And God loves my, God loved my mother. She said to me, what story? I said about being burned and being traumatized and growing up that way. And she said, well, if that's going to help others, go for it. I think that's great. Wow. So I came home. My husband and I went on vacation, came home from Hawaii. It was the end of February and COVID hit. March, everything shut down. And I went to my husband's office. He's a journalist. And I said, okay, how do I write a book? And he said, sit at the computer and just start to type whatever it is. Don't worry about a title, beginning, middle, end. Just type your heart out. And it was very cathartic, that's what I did. And I went to him several weeks later, I had printed it out and I went and he works out of the house and I knocked on his door and I said, hey, here's my manuscript, it's 60,000 words. And he's like, this is your book? I said, yep, I think so. Well, he read it and he was very impressed, not just because he's my husband. And he said, let's send this to some people and get some input. And so, as they say, the rest is history. A child psychologist read it, a couple of teachers read it, Kathy and her teenage nieces read it, and everybody said, you need to have this published. So I didn't have an agent, I looked for an agent. You can't find an agent without being published. You can't get published without having an agent. I got lucky, I sent it out to a hybrid publisher, and the owner contacted me within three hours and said, I have to publish your book. My son was injured as a toddler. Wow. So my book was born this March 1st, which is also my birthday. Wow. I know. Happy belated birthday. <laughs> you know, it yeah. was meant to be. 
it's yep, a path. It, it was charted. You saw that. You see it now, right? Yes, I do. How everything fell into place, but you just followed it because it felt right. Yes. And what I'm learning is by my sharing my story, other people are given permission to share their story. And it's healing for me and it's healing for them. And it's just the feedback I've gotten has been incredible. There's some testimonials on my website from the book that are just, I get teary eyed just thinking about how I've touched people's lives and how they have, I've, I feel very grateful that they have felt comfortable sharing their stories with me. And now I'm working with the Arizona Burn Foundation headquartered out of Phoenix. They've created a hub here in Tucson. So us survivors and our families don't have to travel to Phoenix anymore to get the kind of support that we need because burn survivors struggle pretty much their entire life. Because even though their scars heal, emotionally, we have been traumatized. Most of us suffer from some sort of PTSD, whether that's in the form of fears and phobias, rational, irrational, um, and I've had them all. And my book talks about finding your self-confidence, finding your superpowers, what that looks like. And I tell of stories that people, that resonate with people as to how I've overcome some fears and phobias, how I was bullied in school and overcame that. And uh, I just hope it continues to help others. You know, I want to share this with you. I, you know, your picture's on the front of your website. Yes. You're beautiful. And guess what? I didn't know anything about any burns. Doesn't look like it to me. I just see a beautiful one. Well, you're a sweetheart. Thank you. So, you know, it's interesting because the good and the bad are that I don't have visible scars. I was burned from my chest down. Oh, okay. So people don't see my scars. Mm -hmm. But for years, I saw myself from the outside in the way I thought others saw me. So when I get dressed in the morning, I see my scars and I believed for a long, long time that others could see them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you and are successful. Thank you. You're what such a sweetheart. I appreciate that. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was when I read the bottom um, under your beautiful picture. And guess what? Don't you have one teal? On the yes, front? I do. Look, I just, <laughs> yes, I, I do. just noticed that when I looked at it again. Um, I, was I have two favorite colors, teal uh -huh. and red. And the other, the other color that I wear a lot and I encourage the people I work with as their coach is to wear red. Red looks good on almost everyone. And it shows power. So it gives you confidence when you, for instance, put a red blazer on over a black top or vice versa, a black top over a red shirt. You oh. feel instantly confident because it's a power color. Can you wear that to an interview if it's for, like, look, let's just, I'm going to paint this, this um, vision for you, okay? 
So I get a phone call and they say, listen, we want to offer you a show, but we want to interview you first. What color am I wearing that red blazer? You bet you are. All right. You bet you are. That's power color. And that says to them, I'm going to get this opportunity because I'm self-confident. I can wear this red. I feel good in this. Nice. And my nails? What about nails? Should they be French? Should women, should a woman wear red nail polish for an interview? You know, that's a really good question. If, if you, so personally, my experience is if you've got four inch nails, that's too long. People wonder how you're able to work, whether it's typing or using your phone or whatever. Right. So I say, have your nails shortly manicured. Mm -hmm. And if they're short, you can have red nail polish on them, yes. Oh, nice. If they're four inches long, that's a whole different statement. My my nails are just over the balls. Like when you look from yeah. my hand, they go yep. over, but just a little bit, and they're natural. That's perfect. That's the way mine look. I bet if we both held our hands up, they would be similar. Look the same. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm looking. I just made the picture um, <laughs> close. <laughs> that's exactly how my, and your nails are red. Yes, they are. It's a power statement. Wow. So your company, is it productive? Like a lot of people are using your services. This has been a very productive year for me. Yes. I had a lot of business in the pipeline in 2020 that mm -hmm. went away because of COVID because people were not aware of Zoom, weren't comfortable with Zoom yet. Mm -hmm. But now we're, you know, over 18 months into this pandemic. And fortunately, things are lifting again. So I do. I have a client in Japan. So I am global. And what? we meet. Yeah, we meet weekly on Zoom. I have um, clients on the East Coast. I have clients on the West Coast where I am. I have local clients. And I either meet in person or I meet on Zoom. And... We do everything from networking strategies. I take clients with me to networking functions and show them the ropes wow. to working with them to alleviate their self-consciousness, their insecurities with interviewing. Wow, wow, wow. You know, you got the low wow to the loud wow. That's phenomenal. <laughs> That's phenomenal. And you work on self-confidence, yes. body image issues. Um, In other words, you know, a lot of women with body image, if we have a little weight on us, it's like, I'm going to wear black. But all the time, that's not the best choice. Correct. Ah, mm-hmm. Correct. And again, you know, some people would be very comfortable with red slacks and a black top. Yes. If you're a little heavy on the bottom, that's not what you want to do. You want to wear <laughs> your black on the bottom and your red on top. And maybe if you're very busty, you don't want to wear a bright red top. So wear your black, but put a pretty scarf on it. Yeah. That, that pulls color into your face. Wow, Gail. So do you have any children or like any kids? Are they into the fashion, their fashion? <laughs> So I have a stepdaughter. She okay. moved in with us three weeks after her dad and I were married. Okay. She was eight at the time. Mm -hmm. And Lisa likes black and white and purple. That's that's what she goes towards. 
Wow. Oh, I can see a beautiful purple and black too, like a lavender. Yes. Yes, I, absolutely. As a matter of fact, lavender, white, and black is how you work it. Yes, you're absolutely right. See, yep. you're rubbing off on me, Gail. Yay! <laughs> Success. Well, this is so great. And, just, you know, I also asked, remember I asked you, I said, Gail, we're going to have to go live so I can bring you into my closet. Right? And trust me, you said that you, you, you know how you say you drink wine? Yes. Well, please have a whole bottle because <laughs> after you see the stuff that I'm going to show you, guess what? It, it may, I'm, it may work. Like some things may work. I have one last question about leopard because, yes. le okay, I like, I love, I like leopard. Is that, no, I'm not talking about for an interview. I want to go out and make a statement. I want to go out for cocktails. Could I wear a leopard? Absolutely. I don't ever see that going out of style. Uh, it just depends on how you wear it. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. If you want to be the center of attention and you've got, you know, a jumpsuit that's in that material, that's right. a little much. Right. I have leopard shoes. I love them. I have a leopard bag. I love it. I have leopard leggings that I wear with a solid top. Mm -hmm. And I have a leopard top that I wear with solid leggings. Nice. So it just depends on your body shape, your confidence level, and mm -hmm. where you're going. And I want to share with you the last thing. I went and bought this two-piece leopard outfit. Don't know why I did it and wore the whole thing. I felt like I was in a jungle. <laughs> so you didn't talk to me first. <laughs> I did it. I'm going to wait till you see it. I'm going to say, Gail, this is what I'm talking about. But I can't Gail, wait to see it. Share your website and your information. So my website is www dot first f-i-r-s-t impressions plural and then the number one dot com yes so guys you heard it here gail petrillo look her up you you know she can do everything so <laughs> reach out to gail and gail thank you so much Okay. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me as your guest, Moni. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. But, Gail, you know, you'll receive that email because we have to go live with the other thing. That's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. That'll be awesome. So thank you for listening to Mohani Loves Podcast. Let's talk about it. And never forget, I love you.